The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 213 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you after your two-week vacation? Well, we kind of thought we would take a few weeks off for summer vacation, mostly just to wait out, you know, the sort of stalemate in Utah and in Brooklyn, and then we would react when the news finally happened, but it hasn't happened yet. So we have to react preemptively again, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right. So we were talking about like, okay, is Kevin Durant going to get traded? And then once DeAndre Ayton's offer sheet got matched by Phoenix, it seemed pretty unlikely that he would ever be able to get to Phoenix. And then I, I I remember reading, and I don't know, we, we kind of avoided talking about KD because this is, we've covered a bunch of athletes like trying to get out of contracts, right, at this point. And, um, you know, last year with Ben Simmons was the first time somebody who had a ton of years left wanted to get out, right? He had four years left. Well, and, and it reminds me of that because mostly only the situation, of course, but also the timing where it felt like that was going on pre-training camp. And there was no other storylines going on. So it was just like the media hammering it 24-7. Right. That's all it was. And this one seems slightly different because, one, it's a four-year deal, whatever. But, like, Durant seems, like, hell-bent on staying in the spotlight. Like, before, remember, Ben Simmons, we didn't hear any comments from him. But so we heard that Durant had submitted a list of two teams. It was Miami and Phoenix. And so that's not happening, obviously. And then we had heard that, like, they had called Boston and asked for Jalen Brown and, or Jason Tatum or something. I don't remember what the actual deal was. The Boston report said, it was, yeah. There's some leaked report recently that said they asked for Tatum and Jalen Brown. I can't imagine that was like a straight up, you know, Durant for those two. I'm sure there's other pieces, but and, and that's what heard, actually really annoyed me about the, this sort of news cycle is like these leaked reports. And like, what's the purpose of leaking that? It was clearly like, hey, they're trying to make Brooklyn or seem unreasonable, maybe. But it's just like, why are we all constantly like negotiating and problem solving through the media? Like, how hard would it be well, to then, actually sit down and like figure it out, you so, know, person to person? Yeah, which is this is why it's like so weird, right? So we heard that this trade happened, and I believe Boston said Brooklyn said no, right? It was like Jalen Brown, um, and Derek White. For, for Durant, right? And Brooklyn said no. But obviously, that, that's really not that bad of a deal. Like, if Kevin Durant's not going to play for you, although I, I do think that if Durant's not going to play for them, then Kyrie Irving will definitely not be playing for them. So it's it's sort of like a two-for-one deal, right? Like, if they trade Durant, they have to think they're trading Kyrie, too, because well, he ain't suited yeah, leaked report, like, Durant wants them to fire. You know, he met with Josiah, <laughs> demanded to fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash. He thinks they're terrible. Even though he concerned about the long-term direction of the Nets, 
And then it came out also like a day later. Like Kyrie also thinks that too. Yeah. Great. Like what's again, like what's the point of leaking this stuff? Is Shams Charania being paid by Kyrie Irving? Like is 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 like so he gets his athletic salary, and then I think he he was on like stadium. I don't even know if that channel exists anymore, but part of his income has to come from Kyrie Irving because this guy only reports pro like player pro player news from the nets that's it like yeah it's it's embarrassing like these journalists are just basically like paid chills pr man or you know it feels like they're just both all the sides involved like it's so immature it feels like like eighth grade like can you ask like becky if Susie likes me because there's no way like like, think about this right if if sean larson so this is the most recent story was that Kevin Durant actually had a meeting with Joe Psy, assuming Rich Kleiman was also there because he doesn't go anywhere without him. And it took like a and, month for this meeting. Right. To this like, was, why? It, this is going on. Right. And and so there was no news. And and I kind of like the last time we spoke, we were just kind of like, hey, like the Nets aren't going to trade him. Like, why would they? He's got four years left on his deal. He's 34 years old. Like we had heard that they had asked my didn't they ask Minnesota for like Carl Towns, Anthony Edwards, and four first round picks. And Minnesota was like, no, we're not doing that. So, like, obviously, Brooklyn well, thinks explain his value why, is super why would it take a month for them to sit down and have a meeting? Like, even if Joe Sai is a billionaire, he's got a lot going on. You can hop on a Zoom. Right. He's paying this guy $40 million a year. I'm sure that's more than any other employee in his do, organization. Like, that's do, a pretty important person in your life. Just, do, you know, do you, think that, do you think that Joe Sai was the one that was unwilling to sit down? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's I hard. Mean, it's it's hard to say. And we don't know. But so we did hear that like he went to Joe side and essentially like was like, it's me or the coaching staff. Like and, and, and for some reason, like and Sean by Marks, the way, like he, he the the GM that recruited him and whom he signed with, what, two years ago, three years ago. And the coach apparently wasn't like his choice. I, they say it was overreported that like they picked Steve Nash. It was more every like a single, but. like legitimately every single person who like had any sort of ear to the ground on the Nets coaching situation said that like Durant and Kyrie both signed off on Steve Nash. Yeah, they signed off. The report was that he wanted Durant wanted Ty Lue. Apparently, everyone wanted Ty Lue. In hindsight, he might be the and best. He might be the best day to day coach in the NBA. It's possible, sure. <laughs> but I mean, he looks better now than he did you know three years ago when he was looking for a job. Um, and then they said. Irving wanted um what's the guy for the Lakers? Phil Handy. And so they is he on the Kyrie Lakers? Irving wanted them to hire Phil Handy. Yeah, that's a big like, so Phil, Phil Handy is an awesome player development guy, like really great, like fantastic assistant coach. But I didn't know that like he was like on head coaching radars. He hasn't been an assistant for like that long. Yeah. And so the compromise with Steve Nash. So but uh, you're right. They they had to sign off on it's, it to some degree. It's it's just like this 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 whole like and, and then here's the thing, right? Sean Marks, they, they they bring Kyrie and Kevin Durant here. Sean Marks signs DeAndre Jordan out of like the goodness of his heart. One, it's not his money, but gives DeAndre Jordan $40 million right. to play with these two guys because they're friends. And like now we're worried about the long-term direction of the Nets. Like he went and got James Harden for you. Like that was something they wanted to do. Like, well, and also... I mean, you know, you're burying the DeAndre Jordan thing. Like, allegedly, part of the reason Kenny Atkinson got fired was because he preferred to start Jarrett Allen, now an all-star, over, over DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, Jordan, who is one of the worst players in the league. I mean, it's a starter, a rotation player. One of the things, I don't like to sit on this show with you and, like, air grievances about, like, rich NBA players crying and not owning up to their own actions. But, like, this Kevin Durant thing is... 
like the the most like the the biggest like well 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions thing that I've ever seen. Like this team is probably good yeah. enough to win the title if everybody's on the same page. It it seems like it is almost going to be impossible to get everyone on the same page because one like who knows what page Kyrie Irving's ever on. But like if KD is just like totally out on this like he's just gonna pout like there's no way he's not gonna show up right or is he gonna show we don't know yeah it, it shows you the yeah you hate to be like the old guy ranting about these stars but it does show you i think how immature they are. i think durant's always been a little emotionally immature and insecure Definitely. but also like they get surrounded by these like yes men who become like their buffers to like the real world um and they say that about movie stars in la speaking of la they say like the younger you are to become famous, like the more um, out of touch you get. So if you became like a superstar at 13, like Michael Jackson or something, like your chances of being like a normal, relatable person are virtually none. If you're Steve Carell and you got famous at 40. Your chances of being normal are good because yeah. you're already normal. Yeah. And the further away you are from like the real world, like going to Starbucks or going to the grocery store, like the weirder you get, you know? And so... um these guys have been stars since they were 19 and they just have these like guys surrounding them that make their money off them. And this was like their spokespeople. They they were kind of like the first era too. like, obviously starting with LeBron where like the best high school players got coddled. Like, and and don't get me wrong. Like they were bent, they were definitely coddled before, but like now you're in the media, right? LeBron's on the cover of sports. Illustrated. it's almost amazing how normal he is, but he also has his like air of sensitivity as well. And this isn't again, we're not. Well, and I, I certainly, and most part it's good. I right? player empowerment is good, but it's the first generation I can remember where like even Michael Jordan, I don't know. He wasn't like, you know, the biggest recruit in the world, but you go and you play for like a tough coach in college, you get humbled a little bit. Like now, like Ben Simmons can go basically demand like his own pan pick coach demand they pay his buddy to be the assistant coach like i don't recall that being the case 10 15 years ago it definitely happened some for sure but like yeah you're you're, you're exactly right about this and and i think here's what's going to happen i don't recall when the cba is up i probably should have done my research i think it's 2025 either 2024 2025 but 2026 maybe but whatever the next cba is like there's going to be a lockout. I, I, I'm almost 100 percent sure yeah. be, because of this. Like, but how because, do you police it? What do you do? Well, I mean, I don't know because, like, right now we're talking about tampering rules too with like the Sixers and Harden, where it's like pretty well known that he just agreed to like a handshake extension in a year, but took less money this year so they could get PJ Tucker and they could like squeeze in um, Daniel House, whatever. But like the league doesn't know that because they can't prove that that happened. And relationships matter, right? So like him taking a deal because he likes Daryl Morey and he wants to win. Like that's nobody's fault, but like everybody is pretty sure that something weird went on, but this is, but this, there is like, there's gotta be more penalties for players who. Right. But like, theoretically, if you're the Nets and you, you do have the the power, which I don't think they do, but to be like, Look, well, I mean, they have the power to not give in to Kevin Durant, not but, give in and hopefully not pay him. I, you know, who knows? I, I mean, but, he gets, he would get half his money, right? Like this is yeah, Ben Simmons situation. Like his contract would get escrowed, but if you're the nets and you're already paying 150 million for payroll, you're in a tough situation. Cause you're like on principle, I would love to like, if Durant's sitting out, not pay him, F him, you know, at the same time, like, is it better for us to trade him for 40 cents on the dollar? Cause otherwise we're getting a zero out of that spot. So, like, what do you do? And so all these teams end up caving. Um, 
I don't think anyone's hold, kept a hard line. I guess the Sixers held firm for a while, but then it lucked into a good deal. Yeah, so I haven't I really mean, seen a team play hardball for a long, prolonged period of time. No, and and here's the thing: the Nets are one of the few teams. So so Ben Simmons' situation is a little different. One, Ben Simmons is 25, right? Kevin Durant's legacy is like pretty well established at this point. He, you know, he is who he is. One of the best, you know, 10, 15 players of all time. I think we both agree. Maybe 20, depending on what you think of him as an individual, but he's 34 years old. Like the Nets are not going to be able to demand the world for this guy, even though he is, you know, at full strength, one of the best three players in the NBA probably, but it's not like a team is just going to like give up a million assets for him. And the Nets don't have any reason at this point in time to trade him for anything less than like the greatest package you could possibly assemble. Right. So I don't think he'll get traded. I think he can do a lot of things to try to get traded, but his particular situation to me, like the Nets aren't in a situation where they have like Joel Embiid on borrowed time, right? Right. They know Kyrie Irving's not going to be on their team next year. So like they can either trade Durant for like the greatest package they can possibly get, or they can tell Durant like, hey, play or don't, right? Right. And And I I think we want also like, if you're getting the 60 cents on the pack dollar, deal it's it's you're in a bad situation because it's like they they have a with durant i think you're we've said like they have a title candidate I would contender assume, team i would assume durant ben simmons and good role players would make you a title team even if you didn't have Kyrie. but right. now you add no, a I guy agree. but then it but now talk talk me into the idea of ben simmons plus jalen brown like where's that going um i mean may, you know maybe make the playoffs but like that's pretty much it you lose in round one maybe so like, and they don't have their picks. So like, it's hard to rebuild completely. You can't like tank. Um, so they're kind of stuck. So I think the most likely situation, well, l- let's ask, what would you do if you're the Nets? What would you do if you're Durant? I mean, I'm not going to be able to answer the Kevin Durant version of it. Cause I just think he should play. I, I, I don't understand. We have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, like I've been less critical. Well, is it, is it one of those situations where it's like, is it too awkward to return? Like, where, where is, I think there's like, let it's me like you, you texted your friends being like, oh, no, I want to break up with my girlfriend. And then you accidentally included her on the text. Like, how do you go back to that relationship? So, okay. Let me ask you this. Where is Kevin Durant going? Like what team can make a realistic trade for Kevin Durant that puts him in a better position to win the NBA title than if he plays out this season with the Brooklyn Nets? There isn't. What is there one? Well, I, I think the Nets have a good supporting cast. You know, Joe Harris has been a forgotten man. Seth Curry's a good shooter. Ben Simmons, if he plays, would be a good p- fit with him. They're a little weak inside, I think, um, which is a problem if you're playing against, like, you know, Giannis or something. But, yeah, but they but but Claxton is quite good. Like, you, yeah, know, but he, but, you know, he didn't play a lot because he can't shoot free throws and, and they don't have a, you know, I think they're a little soft there. Um, Fair enough. I agree. So I think the better situations realistically if it's traded for Jalen Brown and like one guard, Boston's a better situation. Right? Their defense is like elite. But we know that Brooklyn, have. we know that Brooklyn's not going to make a deal. So so if they wouldn't make a deal for Jalen Brown, Derek White, and like some collection of picks, what's gonna make them make a deal with Boston? Because Boston's not gonna trade. Now, like here, here's what I would say. If I was Boston and I wanted to win a title, I would trade Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant because your yeah, your chances of winning a title in a year or two with Tatum probably are at a little bit worse. I mean, 
the thing, the reason they wouldn't do it is because like they obviously have much more of a runway to win a title. Like if you trade for Kevin Durant, it might increase your title odds 5% in the next year, but it decreases your title odds in like four years, obviously with Tatum. Yeah. Like I don't totally agree with you on that. And just in the durability sense, like, Durant, I wouldn't count on him playing more than 60 games. No, he's 34. Like, he's not going to play till he's 50. Right. But Jason I mean, Tatum's 19 year. years old, right? <laughs> so I just think, you know, even if for next season we talk about like player rankings, like we redraft every year, I think there's a chance Tatum goes higher than Durant for just one year, just based on the fact that he's like more likely to be healthy. You're saying, in, you're saying in a year? This next year, I'm saying. Well, not now. Nobody's right taking now. You you you're telling me you take Tatum over Durant for one year. I'm saying I would consider it based on the fact that I think I would get 15 more games out of him, and I think we well, only be need to the get playoffs. the playoffs. And Durant's been healthy well, in the playoffs. Theoretically, the you're talking about if you're in Boston and you think you're making the playoffs. I'm thinking if it's like a redraft yeah, but, league, but, but you might point, not make the playoffs. So, like, my point is Boston's not going to trade Jason Tatum though for Kevin Durant, no. right? They're they're, they're not going to do that. So, how's Boston? I think it's get pretty that bold done? that they. I think it's pretty bold they would trade J- Jalen Brown just in the sense that. It makes sense, but it's just like teams are usually just so reluctant to to trade a young, like, that. like yeah. good, very good player. And Jalen Brown, for all our criticism of him, and he wasn't great in the finals. Neither was Jason Tatum. Like Jalen Brown is one of the best twenty-five players in the NBA. We talked about this. Like I think we both comfortably have him like in that twenty to twenty-seven range, if you will. Like you'd rather yeah. have, I'd rather have Jalen Brown than Brad Beal, right? And I think those guys are like in the same mix. Well, and also you're not going to get criticized. I think everyone's self-protective. They don't want to lose their jobs. You're not going to get criticized if you hang on to the core that just went to the finals. No, that's now. true. It buys you, know, you like, like you you might get criticized if you trade for Durant, he gets hurt, or there's a problem, so, and then the whole thing blows. Okay, up. so Boston would be better for Durant to win a title. That's I one so. team. Okay. Yeah. And I think arguably Phoenix, but I don't think it's he a guarantee. Can't, he can't it, he can't get to Phoenix though. That's the thing, right? Like right. there has well, I to think, be I think the most sense. likely, the most likely scenario I would have said is Durant has to come back. You know, plays like half-hearted, like Harden did in Houston or Jimmy Butler did in Minnesota, and then they wait until Aiton's able to be traded, which I think is January. But then there's the problem of, I guess, cap rules. Aiton can't be on the same team as Ben Simmons for some yeah, reason. Yeah, you can't have multiple. Uh, designated player extensions is because that was the one that i think made the most sense if the, if the math worked like ayton and mikhail bridges i'm like okay then i can see the nets being a pretty good young team and i could see phoenix being a title contender maybe right that's why better. the one that probably did actually make the most sense was i wouldn't want to trade bam if i was miami but i would trade bam for kevin durant even even this year, I would do that. But what like, about the recent rumors about Philly? I mean, talking about Tyrese Maxey, you're a Maxey guy. Would you consider that? If yeah, I would trade Tyrese Maxey for Kevin Durant in a second. What I'm saying, I would do that. If you're Brooklyn. No, I wouldn't do that if I was Brooklyn. What else do I get? Matt, they're saying Maxey. You might have to throw in Tobias Harris just because of contracts. Great. I would do that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't do it if I was Brooklyn. Like, I'm not trading Kevin but Maxie, Durant. But Maxey, to be honest, Maxey, 17 points last year, shot 86% from the line. I mean, He's supposed to be a great kid, right? He 42% is a great kid. from the three. Who, who's the, who, what's the ceiling for Tyrese Maxey? I think, yeah. I mean, if you think, like, he's going to have keep breaking out, breaking out. He's 6'2", score. Give me, give me, give me, give me I a think player. it's Donovan Mitchell, probably. Great. Would you trade Donovan Mitchell for no. Kevin Durant? No, I wouldn't. But Would I think you, you trade could Donovan Mitchell and that. Bojan Bogdanovic for Kevin Durant? <laughs> if you wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do Maxi and uh, Tobias Harris. 
would you trade i yeah i don't know and then theoretically if i was philly i'd do that by the way i know i know it's crazy like they, they actually philly has some depth and their pieces all kind of really fit together now and then all of a sudden it's like mb durant harden and like d'anthony milton and bj tucker i'd love to watch that team play so but theoretically it, you're durant you never so say you're durant's advisor rich what Kleiner. Yeah, what do you suggest he does now? Go You've on, already, Bill, like, made go on Bill Simmons's podcast and insult media members. That would be what I would tell him to do. I, I, here's what I would tell him to do. I would tell him to play on a team who's paying him $40 million yeah. a year, and he's got a four-year deal, and he can win the title with this team. That's what I would tell him to do. I don't understand. I, don't you think he kind of did that by saying, switch it up, get rid of the coach? But I like, think that's why? logical. Why does he need to get rid of the coach? Like, what? Let me ask you a question. Yes, Steve Nash certainly could have done more. But given the way that the last season played out for the Nets, how is any of the inner turmoil his fault? I think a lot of it, actually. I how? I, I, I like how? that you teed me up because I think Nash is like still most a lot of people complain about him. Listen, I think he's I will still you, getting too much of a pass. He can have zero passes for how he how they conducted themselves off the or on the court. Excuse me. But given the off-the-court like direction of the Nets, how is that on Steve Nash? You know what it feels like? We have, thank God, um, we have a babysitter today, We you know, we, which is rare. We have a nanny today. Um, God, I can't for, wait for this analogy. For my our three-year-old, who's energetic. And if I walked in four hours later, <laughs> energetic. and there's feces on the wall, and she's passed out with ice That's- cream all over her face... And, you know, she's thrown up in the, in the, on the rug and the nanny goes like, what was I supposed to do? She's kind of a wild kid here. And like, okay. So in this scenario though, we need to create the apples to apples of like Brooklyn requiring a COVID vaccine and Kevin and Kyrie Irving claiming he's not going to play. And that detonating the internal like locker room of a team that has three hall of famers on it. That's not that this, this comparison, I agree with what you're saying in a lot of ways yeah. that like, you know, your daughter is going to be wild no matter who's there and it's their job to control them. But there's no like it's a tough job in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. Totally fair. And I, I get criticized a lot by people for being too pro coach on this podcast. And I agree with you. Like Nash could have done some different stuff for sure. But I also think that we are in an era where it's really, really hard to these dudes are millionaires. Like they're, you're not going to like be hard on them. You're not going to like listen to like, they're not going to listen to you if they don't want to. Right. Like I'm not going to say Kyrie Irving's uncoachable, but he is certainly a very hard guy to coach. And he almost certainly didn't care about basketball last year. Like not one bit, but yeah. like he wanted well, to get paid. And maybe and, like, you and, can convince him, you know, look, it's a culture thing, but that's part of it. Andrew so, Wiggins said he did not want to get vaccinated. He regrets getting vaccinated. He did. Yeah, though. What an idiot for him. Okay, but I mean, he but, did. but let me ask you a question. Do you think it was just Steve Kerr that convinced him to get vaccinated? No, I think it's a culture thing, but it's part of like that's the organization yeah, and, and, and I'm, Steph I've been, Curry and whomever. Yeah, I've actually listened quite a bit to uh, Point Forward. That's Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner's podcast, and they did a whole bunch of podcasts like with the Warriors, and it's actually really interesting to hear like how the culture is. Like, hear guys like Jordan Poole talk about it and stuff. And clearly, the Nets don't have that, but that also happens because their best player is not Steph Curry. Right. Like right. With LeBron, LeBron has been able to kind of impart his own culture wherever he goes because he is LeBron. Right. But there's not a lot of other guys in the league like that. Like Steph Curry is very unique in the sense that like he is the Warriors culture. Like he's willing to come off the bench if he gets hurt. And like 
unfortunately for people who love Kevin Durant, like he's not that type of guy. Like he, he, he isn't the type of guy that is a like culture setter. He's a super hard worker. He loves basketball. I think people really like being around him. He's obviously, you know, one of one talented individuals, like, but he's not the type of guy that's going to come in and make you change how you act. And so but he I, the one it, thing like, I would criticize for Nash is in terms of coaching, you can only control what you can control. X's nose, whatever. I didn't see much. I, maybe Durant refuses to play. I was going to say, we, yeah, we've talked about this. Like it's, it's, I think that's Durant. Like, I think he's like, two years. Beyond, yeah, you're right. He's beyond playing, you know, a different if you, style. If, if but, you coach, if you coach Kevin Durant, you know what you're getting into. I think, but like you, you have I think to that, that the sort of malpractice to me was, look, they were thin as a team and they had missing guys. Durant played over 37 minutes in the regular season and ended up getting hurt. Durant played 44 minutes a game in the playoffs and ended up like gassing out and looking pretty bad. Do you think, do you, do you think that, uh, Steve Nash, like taking Kevin Durant out in a close series so he didn't play that many minutes would have actually worked out. We've had this discussion. I don't think it would have worked, times. but I I thought he looked exhausted. I thought he looked exhausted in the previous year against Milwaukee. And I mean, looking at this team, look, they, they had, don't have a lot they of had one and a half healthy guys against Milwaukee. But like, tell me why your buddy Nick Claxton, who you think is great, and is I think he's good. Thumper? I think he's good. I don't think he fits super well <laughs> against Boston. But in the regular season, played 20 minutes a game. Well, he was Kessler, hurt, remember. Kessler Edwards, who I think is playable, played 20 minutes a game. Uh, Kessler Edwards is an NBA minimum guy. Undrafted, <laughs> right? Like, come on now. Cam Thomas, who I think we're intrigued by. Let's see if we can get something did, out of him. He did played roll, 17 minutes a game. He did roll his eyes about Steve Nash. So yeah. uh, there's other guys, apparently, that are you know not. Uh, listen, I'm not saying that firing Steve Nash won't help. But I think when you set the precedent that, like, all right, we need to keep Durant here because, like, he's the best player and we pay him the most money. So we're going to we're going to detonate our organization for him. It's, it's, it's just, I don't think Zan, and again, NBA owners are, are quite interesting because they're obviously very successful. Most of the time they're very successful in some other walk of life, right? Mostly business. Like some guys have family money, but not a lot. Right. So do you think like Joe Sai? I don't, I don't even know how he made his money, but do you think that like, if like a private equity guy is like sitting in his office and like one of his traders comes in and is like, you know what? I hate my boss and I generated X number of dollars for you. Like I need you to like fire everybody ahead of me or I'm going to leave. Like what do you think Joe Sai would do in that case? If it was in business, like that doesn't seem like a small no, way to I, run I, your business. And I understand that in regards to Sean Marks, who's done they a might really actually, good job in the private equity space. They might actually fire. It's probably pretty valuable, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was uh, I'm thinking of entourage. This is not a great example, but Entourage, there are two twins working for Ari, and oh, yeah, that, one that like, episode's with the wife. That episode's amazing. The one slept with the other one's wife. Yeah, and he fired the one who made less money, yeah. um, even though he was the the good one. Yeah, correct. Uh, another bad coaching thing for Steve Nash. Look, Duran plays the way he does, and I think he's leaving points on the table. But as a team, they were bottom five in three point attempts, top six in two point attempts. Like they could be better. Durant could be a little better if they like squeeze that out of him, um, just based on shot selection. Although and nobody, wonder, nobody has ever been able to squeeze that out. No, I know. But um, and then I wonder, um, look, like I would be loyal to Sean Marks. Like if he's done a good job and he's been a good GM and he hasn't done anything to deserve being fired, I wouldn't fire him just for a guy because a guy said so. Steve Nash hasn't, even if you think he hasn't done a 
bad job. Like he, he hasn't proven himself. He was an untested coach who has done nothing. Um, and theoretically, like, what do you do? Maybe you could promote, like they already let Mike D'Antoni was an assistant. He's gone. Email Doku was an assistant. He's gone. Like maybe those would have been better options that they should have realized this last year. Yeah. I'm not really sure why, like, I don't know what happened with the D'Antoni situation. Obviously he wants to be a head coach. He kind of got let on in the Charlotte situation, but like, yeah, if you're going to fire Steve Nash, like, well, are you going to hire Mike like, D'Antoni? Well, like uh, current <laughs> assistants on the staff right now, Jacques Vaughn's been a coach. David Vanderpool has been rumored to be a coach. Like, who, who? do you think those guys are like professional enough to give them a little bit of a boost? Hmm. I don't really know, to be honest with you. I, I kind of like, wonder, I, like, if who, I was who Nets, wants like the, the Nets job? If you, if you fire, if you fire, um, if you fire Steve Nash and you fire Sean Marks, Who's lining up to take that job? Somebody one will. One Somebody 30, will. Yeah, 32 jobs. But I, if I were the Nets, this would be my idea. Like, I would cave to that. I would say, look, like, Steve Ash didn't work out. You have to admit your mistakes. As long as Durant wants, this is a bigger point, Like, As long as Durant wants a professional coach who's actually going to coach a little, like, even if it's Jock Vaughn, um, who's like, probably like you know whatever top 25 coaching candidate but that's fine like you just want somebody who's a professional and i think this is like a bigger picture you talk about the lockout players run amok i think players should be basically in charge of the operation just based on the fact like look one guy's making 40 million dollars a year coach is making five million dollars a year who's more important we've talked about this a lot where like but i think like those players should realize like like so technically like my barber or my gardener works for me right like i'm the boss they should do what i say but if my gardener says hey we need to pull these weeds trust me i'm a freaking gardener and you don't know what the hell you're talking about i would tend to listen to that person and rely on their expertise and i feel like some of these players don't treat coaches as having some value that they don't right those of us that don't live in the one percent this is probably why you understand kevin durant better than me because like i don't have have a a gardener i don't have a gardener well now we have a lawn crew that cuts our grass but i don't have a gardener but no no (laughs) what about a hair you have a barber don't you yeah on occasion I okay so your barber says you know maybe that's a bad example because it's subjective but like let's say your doctor says (laughs) hey you need to get a a covid vaccine yeah or or just like hey you're you need to put this, you know, foot cream on your toe or else I get infected. And yeah. you would listen to them, right? Co- yeah, correct. Correct. And and so I, but I do understand what you're saying in the sense that like, this has been a problem for a long time as salaries has incre- have increased and coaching salaries have increased as well. Like the most valuable coach will, will make as much as, you know, one of your better players, not your star, star players, but it's the same way it works in like any industry, right? Zan? like the director's not getting paid like, I don't know, let, let, let's talk That's about like, like in Fast and the Furious, right? Let's say Vin Diesel makes like $30 million for that movie. Yeah. Does the director of that movie also make $30 no. million? No, no and right? that's a good that's a good example because, um, and they actually recently they the director feuded with Vin Diesel and got and left the project. But Wait, really? That's yeah, the, on the recent one. Um, I thought it was the guy, Justin. Uh, yeah, he left. He left. He left? He's Lynn, directed yeah. like 10 of them. Yeah, He's the they best. Got, they got into a fight, I guess. But- <sighs> But ultimately, he's the one who had to leave because it's like Vin Diesel's show in a way. Yeah, and he well, Vin Diesel also is like a producer on it too, right? So it'd be yeah, interesting, like, like if Kevin Durant had an ownership stake in the Nets too. Yeah, well, in the, the old hierarchy is like theoretically the GM supposed to be in charge of the coach, and the coach is supposed to be in charge of the players. But like that just 
It's not, it's not that, that model anymore. doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it's not unless that way anymore. unless you're like in San Antonio. I mean, not even San Antonio, because I guess Popovich has the power there. But I, they just they just do their jobs like professionally. And it's like that's that's kind of what's happened with the Nets. Is that like is there it's, any it's, that's a great question. Is there any team in the NBA out of the 30 teams where the GM has more power than the coach who has more power than the players? Well Maybe Oklahoma City? Maybe. Yeah, Sam Presti definitely is more of the shot caller there. But like, I don't know, like Philly, like it's pretty obvious Daryl Morey has a has little more bit more coach. power than Doc Rivers. But I would imagine that, you know, Doc, Doc probably has a Doc has a fair amount of power for sure. Like, I'm but not saying have more than Embiid. Or yeah, Embiid. I don't know. That's what I was trying to think. Like, I, I don't think so. Like at the end, it of the would day, have to I be like a rebuilding so. team like Oklahoma City. But then. If Chet Holmgren's like, I hate the coach. I don't know if they're siding with. They're not siding with. They're not siding with Chet though. Yeah, I don't think. Right. So right? That, that's maybe the closest, but it's pretty rare. Yeah, I'm not. NBA. I'm. I'm truly not sure. Like, I would say probably like a team like Miami. Maybe would, Toronto, just because Masai yeah, is so to, to, Toronto and Miami, right? Like Pat Riley definitely yeah. has more power than Spolster, and Spolster definitely, given the culture of Miami, he's yeah, able I to agree. throw that's his weight good, around there. That's a good example. But the, and, and those are successful <laughs> franchises, right? Yeah. And so here, here's what I'd say. Like we've bantered a good amount about this. I'm like, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen because I don't think there there isn't a logical trade partner that that we're thinking of, right? Because this isn't a scenario where like you take young players for Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, because Durant's not gonna want to go to a team that can't win a title, right? So like it, it <laughs> Here, I don't know. Like, does it make sense to take like Wiggins, Wiseman, and Kaminga for no. Durant? Right. Like, it, it, and I'm just saying, like, that might make sense. And Durant might want to go back to Golden State, but like, it seems unlikely that Golden State wants to do that. They can win a title again if they want to, and they don't right. need to trade Durant and they don't need to mortgage their future with these younger guys that might end up being good players. I don't know. Like, you're not going to be able to trade him to Minnesota. Right. And that's the other thing with Brooklyn is like, you still have Ben Simmons conceivably you still have Kyrie Irving. Although, like I said, if Durant, if they trade Durant, I would imagine that Kyrie's just going to be like, I'm not playing. You need to trade me too. But like you, you can't trade him to like Chicago, right? Because he can't win a title in Chicago. So he doesn't want to go there. So it's like maybe Toronto, like you said, Boston yeah. makes some sense. But like beyond that, like, right. You're ended up talking about like this floated like you're New Orleans trade, like, for like Brandon Ingram, but that doesn't really Get them to a title doesn't awesome. really help you. Zion, Zion, Zion KD, and uh, CJ McCollum. I'd, it would I'd be watch fun, but like, what about what about like Memphis? Mm. But like, does he want to go to Memphis? I don't know. Like, Memphis mm. makes some sense to me. So like, that's where unless like the Lakers or not the Lakers, like unless the Clippers are going to do like Paul George and like a bunch of wings and pair Duran and Kawhi, which seems like a bad pairing on its face, but. Like, unless they're going to do something like that, or like Milwaukee's going to trade like Chris Middleton and something. Well, we always talk about like these players should realize that demanding a trade hurts you because you got the team that you go to. It's funny that Durant has never done that in the sense that like he went to Golden State as a free agent, he went to Brooklyn as a free agent. It should have worked in Brooklyn, it just didn't work. Um, But he kind of did the right thing. Like, you sign up with Kyrie Irving on a team that was already pretty good. Like what are the odds that does not work? I mean, I don't the, the like I said, I, I don't always I think Heralos Volgaris, who's now an, a soccer owner, he's he's out of the NBA space, I think. Like he did have like the most amusing comment, which is like, you know, that he doesn't dislike KD or whatever or think he's like weird, but like you do have to kind of be like, why did this guy want to 
play with Kyrie Irving. Like, what does that say about Durant's ability to like critically think? And I kind of chuckled about that because it is well, it's kind of interesting. Like, but at the but same I mean, time, like, if they they signed up to a team that had gone forty two and forty the year before and made the playoffs, and a team that still would have on the roster your buddy Nick Claxton, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert at the time, Jarrett Allen. Spencer Dinwiddie. At the do you time not think? Do you, do, you, do you not think Nick Claxton is like a good NBA? No, player? I do. I think he's fine. But like, if he's the <laughs> only big guy, I think you're in trouble because uh, he can only play 25 minutes. Yeah, but, and you can't play him down the stretch. Either. And the Torian Prince, like, this is a team that should have been. I thought they were going to win two titles. Well, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie tore his ACL. Remember, yeah, Dinwiddie, right away. That was important. That was important. Also, Dinwiddie uh, really a. Uh, a, a little bit more of a sob story because remember he took a lot of his contract in Bitcoin and his contract yeah. is now worth like literally one third of what it was worth before. So shout out Spencer Dinwiddie for being a, a risk taker. But remember Spencer Dinwiddie was like a big part of like, Hey, this is the new culture. Like right. Brooklyn's this new great thing. And it's like, Brooklyn is a dumpster fire now. Like, like, like the Harden Kyrie Durant, like experiment in, in my opinion, h- how many things in the NBA have gone worse? And it's not even it's like shocking. It's, it it's just shocking. was like, there was a, a a good bit of bad luck for sure. Like the mm. COVID pandemic, like obviously there was no way to like see that coming, of course. But they got like eleven or how many? What did they get? Like sixteen games of those guys. Yeah, and I so mean, they, like I said, like I thought that well. when they signed up, I thought they would win two titles. When Harden showed up, I thought they would certainly win two titles. Yeah, uh, and I think I, I think there's a credible argument that if if Harden and Kyrie had stayed healthy last year. Or if um, they two, did or two, I'm sorry, two hard. years ago, two when Milwaukee won, I think Brooklyn was very clearly the best team. Like when those guys played together, they were, you know, fantastic. And Durant had finally kind of regained his, you know, best player in the world type form. And it was like, oh my God, watching these three dudes together is unreal. And so like, I, I don't know, but like, it's hard to imagine now if you're, a, I don't know how many Nets fans actually exist, Sam, just to be totally honest. But like it's hard to imagine now if like you're someone who does root for the Brooklyn Nets or you're somebody who roots for Kevin Durant that like I, I don't know is it fifty fifty that he plays another game in Brooklyn I, I honestly I have no idea it seems like it should not be but I I don't know really because I don't know he's made so much money and he's got so much like you know he's got other interests and like investments like I he talks about love in basketball but like do you think he would sit out if they don't trade him I think my I think he's gonna show up to collect the checks in the same way that Harden did in Houston and I don't know and if then, it's sit out a lot of games cuz yeah. like that that's load, like load manage to try to load get manage and not like you know it's just the nature of the NBA like Kyrie Irving last year I'm looking at his basketball reference and we all think at the time like wow what a horrible year and you just look at basketball reference you immediately go to the the right hand of the page oh he averaged 27 points, six assists. He had a good year. He played like 16 he, games, right? Yeah, he played 30 games, but no one 30. remembers. No one's going to remember that, you know? Like, it's all per game. So if Durant shows up and plays 50 games, he could have a good year in theory. Right. His I mean, stake, you know, he's not chasing Kareem for most points of all time. If he, no if he, played, if he played 50 games, I would I would consider that to be pretty successful regardless, right? Like, that's just who Durant is. And he's yeah. not fragile by any means, but also, like, it's probably not smart for him to try to play 75 games. So and you so, said, like, the big questions were, you said if you're advising Durant, you'd say just suck it up, play. If you were the Nets, you would just tell him to suck it up and play? I, I would not would give do? in. Because I, I, I think it sets such a bad precedent if you're Joe Psy 
Like I, I, I could, I could get on board with firing Steve Nash. Like I, I could yeah. see that, but like Sean Marks has done, in my opinion, a really good job with the situations that he's been, and he's been able to pivot. He's been able to do, you know, they had an opportunity to get Durant and Kyrie Irving. Like that's a huge coup for a general manager. Yes. Had an opportunity to get James Harden. Actually, did make a pretty good deal. Then that blew up in his face, and he ends up getting Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond plus picks. Like he's done a really good job. In my opinion, it's, it is not very fair to Sean Marks to say like you're out the door because this guy doesn't think you can like direct the team when he's done everything that's like really been asked of him and put them in a position where if things go well on the court they're going to win Nash on the other hand I think you could say like look the team's underachieved and you've done a bad job with locker room culture we need to go a different direction and like I said that would be a tough pill to swallow if I was Steve Nash because I think there are a lot of things that are like not really within his control, but like you could argue performance with him. I just don't see how you look at what Sean Marks has done and said like, all right, we're firing you. Like you're letting a good GM walk out the door. And if you're Joe Sy, you have to recognize that like you have leverage here, not Durant. And you have a very good GM who is going to give you the option. If you, if he does find the right situation to get Durant out of there to make the team better in the future, like he's going to be able to do that. And so I I don't think you can fire that guy. I would, if I were Joe Sy, I would a little, this is going to be an unpopular answer, but I would kind of bend a little bit to Durant. And That's say, what I'm saying. Fire Steve Nash. Yeah, I would say, look, we'll fire Steve Nash. It's a bad precedent coach. to set, though. It's a bad precedent. Well, I wouldn't even fire Steve Nash. I would like finesse it where it's like, Steve Nash is promoted to head of basketball operations or something like that. The old like Brad fake, Stevens. Yeah. Golden parachute kind of thing. And then bring it, you know, maybe it's just Jock Vaughn, but like, you know, a great coach for them great relative like would have been like there's mike no, brown or something no like way, come in there is no the defense way a little bit there's no way you want to hire jock Vaughn. come on i don't know jock Vaughn well enough like, he's, he's coached i mean we we've got a big sample of jock Vaughn as a coach no he was like an interim coach like oh no he was a he was a real coach for a few yeah years. but that was like 10 years ago maybe he's improved um or david vanderpool who's never had great results but people seem to like him if you want a coach, specialist Defense specialist who's going to get me to the 15th best defense. I'm not asking a lot here. And then I would tweak the roster. I'm not if, asking. And if Durant a lot. says, I don't want Kyrie Irving anymore, you know, we're not texting each other, I would try to trade him for, like I said before, like Miles Turner or something, you know, somebody like that. Who That's just not like bad. An upgrade, slight upgrade somewhere else. Jacques Vaughn, three years as the, as the head coach of the Orlando Magic. And, uh, his best record was 23 and 59. And now granted the magic. Are but how old good. was he at the time? Yeah. He, I mean, I think like Josh McDaniels in NFL, I'm going to bet on the Raiders over with the idea that, you know, coach at 35 might be improved by age 45. Didn't you know, they, maybe he learned did, that didn't they keep Jacques Vaughn on because like when Kenny Atkinson was fired, like they thought he would be able to like kind of gel the situation. He was the, with yeah, he was the interim coach originally. Right. So, my, Atkinson. so, okay. So here's my thing. Like my point there is like, has Jacques Vaughn done a good job? It's, it's all Steve he was seven and three as an interim coach that one year. That's pretty solid. And then they got swept in the playoffs. Isn't that Steve, was without during Steve Nash's record is like well above 500, not above seven and three though. That's that's sparkling. 70 percent um, but you you're right like i i bring in d'antoni's not going to work because durant's not going to listen to mike d'antoni's offense nash is 30 games over 500 as a head coach 92 and 62 that's 60 percent i mean it's awesome i mean he's 48 uh, they were 48 and 24 uh two years ago i wouldn't hire him to coach 
Santa Clara or something. Like, I just don't think he's a coach. We haven't seen any. I, yeah, I'm not sure. He, he's very controlled, which uh, does make it. But like Steve Kerr, I guess Steve Kerr gets like fiery at times. We don't really see that from Steve Nash, but he also has been wearing a mask for two years. So we don't know. Maybe behind the mask, there's a lot more emotion than we see. So who would you, would you hire Mike D'Antoni? No, because I, I, I said, like, I just don't think they're going to overhaul the offense. So you just got to hire like a pretty good defensive coach who's going to get along with people. Mike Brown, like, Chris, like, type, like Chris know. Finch for Minnesota, or like I think it might be too late, but like Dan Burke for Philly, yeah. supposed to be a good defensive coach, he somebody is. like that who just David like, Van David Vanderpool is pretty close. He he makes sense, honestly. It's just like if you're going to promote him, right? I will say this: I have predicted things on the show many a times about like, hey, so and so is getting traded, or this is happening, this is happening, and I'm always wrong. So I'll make a prediction to try to continue to be wrong. And that prediction is that Steve Nash does not coach a game for the Brooklyn Nets next year. And that's what I think is going to happen. I don't know if Steve Nash has coached a game yet. So that's pretty accurate. All right. You got Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Well, what about the Donovan Mitchell? We don't have to dwell on it, but isn't, is there a way we can get a three team trade? Cause like their values are pretty similar. Probably Donovan Uh, Mitchell and Durant. Yeah. I think at this point, I, Uh, I gotta be honest with you. I haven't even really looked the Utah situation hasn't like, Piqued my interest at all. My so, prediction is the Lakers end up with Kyrie Irving somehow. Well, they he said, said he might, wanted to go there in a year. Well, they said they might now include two picks to get him early. And I think that makes sense because Westbrook's still, you know, fighting against the. So, <laughs> like, idea of well, what would spots. the deal be? The, the deal would be like Westbrook and then the, a 27 and 29 first round pick for Kyrie. Well, the deal would be the one I floated would be they send <laughs> the Westbrook one you to. Floated. To Indiana because they have cap space to take him, and they get two first round picks for the trouble. And I mean, then, that's what that's what that's what they tried to do last year. But yeah, and then they trade Miles Turner, so they basically acquire one first round pick for Miles Turner, and they acquire one from take for taking Russ on. And then Brooklyn gets Miles Turner, Lakers get Kyrie, and give up two first round picks. I think that's fair all the way around. I don't know if Brooklyn wants to help the Lakers that much, but. Like yeah, it does if help. That, it if does that help would the Lakers quite the, a bit. Yeah, if that would salvage the Kevin Durant thing, I I would definitely do that all the way around. But we don't even know that. That's the other part about this. It's so like murky. Like we don't even know if Durant like wants to play with Kyrie. Like, no, I it doesn't think, sound like he. I does. gotta think he's pretty fed up with how that st- situation has gone. It would be pretty weird if he ends up in Philly with Harden. Like that's that'd be a, awesome. that's a slap against Kyrie pretty badly. Both your guys. We yeah, I don't know. Outside of your house. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about Philadelphia. We keep saying we're going to talk about them, but there, there's some really interesting stuff with Philly. Um, we will be back. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we'll this, be back there's next certain week. teams like Philly and Denver I'd like to talk about because I think they're yeah. title contenders. Some yeah. teams that are legitimate title contenders that maybe yeah. weren't last year that got that got quite a bit yes, better. Because I, I also think, I, I know we talked about New Orleans a little bit, but we should talk a little bit more about New Orleans because there is a world where like, Zion does come back very healthy and he is one of the best players in the NBA. And all of a sudden New Orleans is like a legitimately very good team since they were quite good after trading for CJ McCollum. So, and you know, but most likely will do you think, what are the odds that we'll have a Durant trade by next week when we talk about 0%, I think I say it's like 15. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's low. low. I mean, it's low. I, I, I think that I don't really know how. What's, how far what's out the from one that would shock you the most? Like Portland or the Lakers or like what's a realistic like curve? I, I think I'd be pretty stunned if Boston got it done because like I think 
Which one would you be most? I'd be most excited about like Denver if they, you know, for Porter Jr. or something, because then it would be like Jokic plus Durant. That would be fun. God, Porter Jr. and Kyrie in the same <laughs> locker room—that'd be unbelievable. I think <laughs> it, which which would like what would most excite me? Dallas can't get it done, but I'd love to see Durant and Luca on the same team. That would be yeah. very fun for me. I think. Um, I mean, <laughs> Philly would be like just unbelievable content, right? Like that would be great. And then what about this? I'll make a prediction theoretically. If Irving does not get traded to the Lakers, I could see him pulling like a Carson Palmer, Brett Favre being like, I'm retiring early. And then I've said that for slipping back in the building next year, (laughs) slipping back in the building. All right. That's it for us this, uh, this week. Fun. Good to talk to you. He is, uh, Xander. (laughs) Hold on. I gotta go yell at my gardener and I am curious over later. I mean, you've got, like I said, the 1% lives quite differently. Uh, (laughs) all right. He is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show Xander Ellison at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back next week. I think we're done with our summer vacation at this point. We'll be at least back until, uh, I have another baby and then maybe I'll take one week of uh, paternity leave, but yeah, it's, it's coming. So, uh, but we appreciate everybody for listening. And, uh, as always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.